We are glad that you guys are here. We're going to have some kind of fun. Somebody say, hits different. Oh, we can do better than that. Let's try it again. Somebody say, hits different. I want to talk to you today. I want to bring a message entitled, Hits Different. Help me one more time. Somebody say, hits different. There we go. All right. That's good. But let's take it up one more level, one more level. That means you need to help. You need a, I, I need your help to preach this message. Turn it up. Crank up the volume. I know you're in church, but that's okay. Someone say, hits different. Now we talking. Now we talking. Hits different. I'm super excited about this message. You know, we're coming up the week of Thanksgiving. Um, how many of you love Thanksgiving? I love Thanksgiving. Come on. What's your favorite part? Well, I figure that. What, which food? Fried turkey? Stuffing? Cherry pie? Huh? One more time. Deviled eggs? I heard deviled eggs. Mac and cheese. Come on. Anybody getting hungry yet? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. How many of you exercise Thanksgiving? It's like you got to exercise Thanksgiving day because you know you're going to load up on some calories. Anybody out there? You're like, it's, it's a non-negotiable. How many give yourself a pass? <laughs> Sandra, I figured you would like, let's go. Let's go. Awesome. 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 You know, for some of us, Thanksgiving hits different. And the story that I want to take us to today is a story in Luke. Luke tells this story. Now, Luke is a, a detailed storyteller. He's a phenomenal storyteller. He's all about the details. And so what's funny is in studying this message and reading through the scripture, I mean, he can say one phrase and that phrase has so much detail in it. So I'm excited to jump in it. Y'all excited to jump in it? Let's go, Luke. Let's go, Luke 17. Luke 17. Let's jump into Luke 17. Luke 17. And we're going to pick up verse 11. We're going to read all the way through verse 19. All right. Would you stand up? Would you out of respect for the word of God? Would you stand up real quick? I'm going to read this passage. We're going to preach it. And uh, then we're going to go eat some good food. If you don't know, the Green Egg Fest team is in the house. They're actually in the parking lot. And so... Yes, that's going to be amazing, great food, and it's free. Everybody eats free, and if you want to donate for students going to winter camp, you can, and I know that would be appreciated. Here we go. Luke 17, let's go verse 11. Verse 11, here we go. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, you understand Jerusalem is where Jesus would die. Jerusalem is where Jesus would be raised from the dead. So his whole life was about getting to Jerusalem. Luke tells us, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy, they stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, 
they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What a story. Luke tells this story and and I'm excited to jump into it. Let's pray real quick. Let's pray. By the way, by the way, let me say this. Hey, welcome to Friend Day. I know some of y'all came because you were invited. We're glad that you're here. And uh, I think um, no matter where you stand with God, I think this story will be refreshing to you. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for uh, the music that we've heard and, and been able to sing. God, I thank you for uh, your word. God, I thank you for the lesson that's found right here in Luke 17. Now, God, I pray that you would help me preach this like you gave it to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated, but not without saying it's different. Because gratitude hits different. Gratitude is the attitude that God wants you and me to have. And you say, well, 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 Pastor Tim, I'm here and I really don't believe in God, but, and that's fine, but you would probably agree with me and say, but, but I, I, I'm with you in the fact that a person that has an attitude of gratitude just goes further in life. How many know that to be true? You just go further right? I mean, you can, you can be uh, checking out or you could be eating and, and wait, your waiter, your waitress is struggling. Maybe they're one person, they got 37 tables, you know, you chose that day to come, you know, and if you, if you have a bad attitude, it doesn't help. It normally just makes things what worse, but an attitude of gratitude. Have you ever seen someone that they were working so hard, you were on the other end of it, and you're like, man, this shouldn't be taking this long. And it really wasn't their fault. Maybe the system went down, maybe electricity. I don't know. The computer was out, the system crashed, but you're over there and you are like, holy cow. And as you're standing in line, cause we love to stand in line, don't we? As you're waiting and waiting and waiting, people around you are getting more and more what irritable. How many of you have been that person? I mean, been that person and it's like all the pressure, you feel like all the pressure of the world is on you and you're like doing your very best and people are just getting nasty. You know what's funny is if you'll have an attitude of gratitude and find one thing we talked about last week, we're going to build on that one thing. Just find one thing to be thankful about. You know what happened? It will make life more enjoyable. Now in this passage of scripture, we, we have an amazing story. We have an amazing story, and I, I want to point out just a couple, couple things. Number one, there were lepers, and these lepers, le leprosy is a skin disease. It's a skin disease, and according to Mosaic law, which is found in Leviticus 13 and chapter 14, there was law, there was code of what you could do and what you could not do as a leper. One of those things is you could not be around other people. You couldn't do it. You couldn't hang out 
with other people. In fact, you were an outcast. You were a social outcast and you even had to live outside the village. You couldn't get near people. In fact, if you're minding your own business and you're just walking around and then all of a sudden you see people that don't have leprosy, normal people coming by, you had to maintain a certain distance. And if you're going to talk to them, you couldn't walk up and talk. You had to shout at them. You had to keep back. And these lepers, I don't know how long they had leprosy, but it was contagious. So now there's 10 lepers and misery loves company. There's 10. How many know that to be true? Misery loves company. We could preach that message right now, couldn't we? These guys are hanging out. And what's interesting about this 10 is one of them didn't even belong. One of them normally would have been looked down upon because he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. He was, in those days, as they would say, uh, a half-breed. And they couldn't stand Samaritans because, because they didn't have the same blood, so they thought. And so they would be rude. They would be mean. They would be just kind of like disgusted with Samaritans. And now all of a sudden you've got nine Jews who are over here with leprosy and somehow they let this other guy that they never said, Hey, why don't you come on our team? They had never chose him. He'd have been the guy standing last. You remember that from grade school where you stand in there and you got two captains and they're picking and the one person like, well, I know how this is going to go. That was the Samaritan. But now it was all of a sudden because of this one common denominator, leprosy, that they all found themselves in the same place, outcast, rejected, looked down upon. Watch this, least of these, least of these. And Jesus has something to say in Matthew 25, 40 and 45 about the least of these. Now, Jesus, there's going to be a meeting. Jesus is going way out of his way. And Jesus had actually just done a miracle. He had raised his friend from the dead. His name was Lazarus. At that point of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, so many people saw it, that it was at that point that the Pharisees and the Sadducees they said, you know what? We're going to kill him. And they turned it up. And so now Jesus goes north and he goes way out of his way, way out of his way up towards Samaria. He goes north even, even a little bit more. And then he comes back around through Jericho, headed towards Jerusalem. And, and now we see this meeting. Jesus is walking. Jesus has his disciples with him. He had already like retired his disciples because he realizes that the time is short now until he's crucified. So now instead of them being out doing big miracles and doing all these big things, they, they're literally going way out of the way not to be seen. 
and Jesus is passing by. And as Jesus is passing by, here are these 10 lepers. And they see Jesus. Now, here's what's cool about this. They weren't expecting Jesus. They have a meeting with Jesus. They keep their distance and they shout to Jesus. And they call him master. We see a, a meeting takes place where, where they're crying out for mercy from the master. Many times, that's what people who had a need or a problem or a sickness and illness, that's what they would do. They would beg for mercy. And these guys, can you imagine this? I mean, seriously, this, this is like you're, you're, you're dead. You're, you're, you're dead man walking with leprosy. They had heard about the story of, of Naaman in the Old Testament, and they see Jesus. I can just imagine them like, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. What is Jesus doing here? Like, I can't believe he's here. This is crazy. And they get their hopes up, and maybe, just maybe, Jesus will do a miracle, and he will do this, I don't know, this whatever, and, and there you go, and they are healed. And so they cry, and they cry loud, and they plead for mercy. To who? To the master. The master. Now, many people throughout scripture have called Jesus master. That, that's like, that's like an, an amazing title. Um, some people would call him rabbi, teacher. Some people call him Lord. They call him master. They're recognizing who Jesus is. And they ask for a miracle. They ask for Jesus to heal them. So what does Jesus do? They say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Let me tell you something. Jesus will give you mercy, but Jesus will also test your faith. Jesus has no problem giving mercy, but Jesus oftentimes when we're talking about a miracle, Jesus will test your faith. So there's a meeting, there's the master, that's the man, that's the God man, that's the master, that is Jesus, the Messiah, and he's actually en route, finishing the miracle from his best friend's house, making his way toward Jerusalem to be betrayed, to be crucified, and three days later, to prove that he was who he said he was. And now all of a sudden, there are 10 lepers and these 10 lepers crying out for Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. And Jesus doesn't answer their prayer right there. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time that Jesus didn't answer your prayer right there? When you prayed and you asked Jesus to heal somebody, when you prayed and you asked Jesus to help you forgive somebody, you're like, I'm pretty sure Jesus hadn't helped me yet because I'm not there. When was the last time that you prayed and you believed and yet the miracle, yet the answer wasn't there? And Jesus says something to him that is so interesting Jesus looks at them. Now watch this. They went from saying, help us, have mercy. And Jesus 
Scripture doesn't say, Luke doesn't tell us that Jesus heard them. It says Jesus saw them. Now, now that jumped out to me when I was studying because they were talking, they were loud, they were pleading, they were excited, they're screaming, Jesus, they're keeping a distance, they're staying within Mosaic law, they're begging him, Jesus, Jesus, master, they're, these are 10 guys. These are 10 guys. This is better than their favorite ball game. This, this is better than their favorite team. They, they see Jesus and Jesus is the answer to their problem. They have leprosy. They have a skin disease. Their life is over. They can't go on date nights with their wives. They, they can't hold their babies and rock them. They've been kicked out of the city, kicked out of the homes. And now all of a sudden they are dead men walking. But then Jesus passes by. And it makes me think that that's my story, that that was your story that we were helpless. These are helpless people. There, there's nothing they could do for themselves. And Jesus helps the helpless. Little application with a question. How are you when it comes to helping people that cannot do anything for you? How compassionate are you when it comes to helpless people, outcast people, People that can't do anything for themselves. Jesus could have been like, why are you bothering me? You know what the Bible says, but Jesus doesn't hit him over the head with a Bible verse. Jesus sees him. He's moved with compassion. It's one thing to hear someone talking, but when you actually see the need, because leprosy wasn't cute. Leprosy was one of the worst things that could happen to you still alive. Your skin would literally rot off your body. That's what would happen. And Jesus sees them. Can I tell you something? Jesus sees you. Jesus sees me. He sees you right where you are. Jesus knows the things in life that have felt wrong to you? Were you like, that, that wasn't fair. That, that wasn't right. That was injustice. Jesus can see not just your skin. Jesus can see your heart within. Jesus knows your status. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus knows right where you are. Jesus knows the hurt. Jesus knows the pain. Jesus knows the time that you've been carrying this burden. Jesus knows it all. He knows it all. And he sees you. And he sees you. Maybe you're here and you're like, I, I, I've been praying. I want to have children. And I, I've not been able to get pregnant. I, I've not been able to have a kid. It's been so many years. Jesus doesn't just hear your prayers. He sees you. Maybe you're here and you're praying for someone that, that is struggling with addiction and the devil wants them to believe they're an addict, but, but God has a better label than an addict. So you're going to heaven and you're praying to God for breakthrough. Let me tell you something. God not only hears your prayers, God sees them. He sees them and he knows them. My God, my God sees it all. 
There's not a sparrow that falls from a tree that God doesn't take notice. His eyes on the sparrow. And if his eyes on the sparrow, I can rest tonight because he sees me. How many people, how many people just need to be seen? You know what I think would be something for all of us? Can, can, can you imagine if all of us on a different day at a different corner pretended we were homeless? And stood there with dirty clothes and a dirty face, stinky armpits, and a sign. And people that would just pass and pass and pass and pass and pass and pass and pass. We, when we started the church, um, I had a homeless friend that I'd met and helped. I invited him to our church. And I asked him to come. In fact, we, we, we helped get him there. And then I asked him to stand outside the church and just hold that sign. So he's entering the church, or excuse me, as people are entering the church, he's standing little ways away from the door, just standing there with a the sign. And people are like, like why is that home, homeless man at our church? Like, what's, what's, you know what I'm saying? And I imagine that if you sat down with a homeless person, imagine that one of the things they would say that's so hard is, is, is people look the other way. They don't see them. Jesus sees the things that we want to look away from. That's what Jesus does. He sees them. And in seeing them, he tells them, watch this. He looks at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. That's Leviticus 14. And here's what would happen. You would, once you were healed, you would have to present yourself to a priest. Then they would look at you. They would, they would check you out from head to toe. I mean, this was like one of them. <laughs> this was like one of those doctor's appointments you didn't want to go to. They would check you out every inch of your body. They would check you out and make sure there was not one spot on your body with leprosy. Then after they looked at you and they examined you, they would say, okay, we, we've checked you out thoroughly. Now here's this long, costly process of sacrificing an animal. And that's you giving thanks to God. And this is how it needs to look like. And this is how much time. And this is the type of animal. And it was very, very, very detailed and costly. And these guys, remember, they had been outside. So they probably lost their job. So what Jesus asked them to do looked like a death sentence. Because according to Mosaic law, if you approached as a person with leprosy, if you approach someone that did not have leprosy, you should die. So it was a death sentence. And Jesus tells these guys, Jesus tells these guys, go to a priest, go to a priest. Now here's where I love this text. I love this because scripture says this, this, this is amazing. Got a little meeting with a master. And then now all of a sudden we're going to see the miracle. They begin doing what Jesus said. They begin walking in obedience 
to go find a priest. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like on, you know, ninth and Bayou, there's the priest, you know, um, let's check this Apple. Let's get our iPhone here real quick. Oh, whew, they're open. Great. They're still open, but we got to hurry. It's got 10 minutes before they close. And so they're hustling. No, 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 no. That wasn't how it was. They had to go find a priest. They probably were a ways away from a priest. Little did they know they were right in front of the high priest, which was the priest of all priests. That was the one who the picture of, of everything in Leviticus was about. When you read Hebrews, Hebrews and Leviticus tie in together. Jesus was everything Everything filled everything that Leviticus talked about our high priest. And now the sudden, as they were walking, they realized that they're healed. You know what that tells me? That tells me that faith rewards obedience. God rewards obedience. They, they, they didn't get healed when they showed up to the priest's door. They got healed as soon as they started obeying. They started going that way. What's the way you know you should go, but you're just not going that way for whatever reason. You're not going that way. Maybe the journey looks, looks, looks too, too, too it's, it's just too far, Pastor Tim. That's too hard. I don't know if we could even do it, but maybe you just need to take a first couple steps in the right direction and God meets you right there because the miracle doesn't happen without their movement. The miracle doesn't happen until obedience comes into play. And as they're walking and they're talking and they're like, what priest, man, you got a priest. He's like, let me check. Let me look through my context. Then all of a sudden one of them said, wait a second, man, you're starting to look better. And another one, and they're all realizing that they have been healed. And then one of them, one of them, the Samaritan. Remember when Jesus said, I came to my own and my own received me not. It was a Samaritan that immediately turned around and made a beeline back to Jesus. And the other ones, they wanted to get on with life. You see, gratitude just hits different. Gratitude just hits different. They, they were like, if we just get to the priest and the priest can check us out. I mean, I can see, are you sure there's nothing on my back? Are you sure there's nothing? All right. All right. Look over here. All right. I know you just check. Okay. There's nothing. You sure? You sure everything? Don't lie to me, man. If we, if we just get to a priest and the priest say, you're good. Two thumbs up. We can go home to mama. We can go home to our babies. We can go ride our camels. We can get back to life. And so they're headed as fast as they can, man. I, I, I imagine, man, I imagine they danced a little bit. They shouted, they screamed, they high-fived, they hugged. I imagine they wept. I imagine all that. And then I imagine they took off like the speed turned up to get to that priest so they could get back to their life as they knew it. But this one, this one, he said, oh, I got to stop and say thank you. That's the attitude of gratitude. And gratitude just hits different. So he turns around and he comes back to Jesus. And we read the story at the beginning. He comes back to Jesus. And Jesus says, wait a second, didn't I heal 10? Y'all were together before. I don't know. Speculation. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was that. They were like, man, we're going to get on with our life. Or if all of a sudden... Once they got out of trouble, all of a sudden, 
life wasn't as bad anymore. You, you ever had people, you ever, you ever had people that would be your friend? It was friend day. You ever had people be your friend? And they're like, man, we got something in common. We're both kind of struggling here. And then all of a sudden you're not struggling in that area anymore. And they defriend you. You know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever had someone that was close to you? They're, they're real close to you. And then they got jealous of you. I, I, I don't know, but I wonder if they, in their healing, reverted back to the sickness that was in their heart before. Like you're a Samaritan. I don't know. I, I want to think, I want to think it wasn't that. I want to think it was just this guy's like, Hey, come with me. And they're like, no, we're going over here. But either way, he beelines back to Jesus and he says, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you want to talk about praise and worship. This is praise and worship, man. He, he just gives God the glory and he recognizes God for who he is. And he thanks him for what he has done. That's what it is all about. I want to ask you this question that I thought about when I read this story. I thought about why wouldn't these nine come back and say thank you to Jesus? Why, like, why would, why, had they, had they traveled too far? Was it going to cost too much to show some appreciation, a little gratitude? And I thought about this question, if not now, when? If, if, if not now, nine guys are over here. Jewish buddies, if not now, if now is not the time to go say thank you for everything that Jesus has done for you, when is the time to do it? And then I thought about you and I, because sometimes let me just talk about me. I'm not going to preach to y'all. Let me just talk about me because I know me. I live with me. I sleep with me. I see me. I, I hear me. Um, there's sometimes where I've been like these nine and been too busy, been in a hurry to get on with it than to take the time and thank God. Because scripture says this, every good gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights. That's James chapter one, every good gift. So every good thing in my life, when I didn't have that accident, should have had an accident. Maybe you're changing lanes. There was a blind spot. Whew. Lord was watching over you. All of those things deserve us to be reminded. Maybe you even hear and you're like, I don't believe in God. But you believe in gratitude. And gratitude is the attitude that God wants you to have. And this guy now moves on with his life, but not before saying, thank you. Thank you. Who do you need to thank? Let's, let's just a little application here. Who, 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 who do you need to say time out? Like, I just need to think like in the last month, in the last 30 days, maybe the last 60 days, people that have done something for me and, and it was God putting, putting that on their heart to do something for me. It was God's goodness, but it was their goodness. It was God's kindness, but it was their kindness. And, and maybe, maybe I didn't even stop. Maybe I didn't even take the time to appreciate it. Maybe I didn't even say 
thank you. We live in a world where I think people sometimes are shocked when we actually appreciate what they've done. And gratitude, that's the attitude that just hits different. Can I ask you this question? If not now, when? Some of you right now, you're waiting for your life to, you, you know, you're waiting for your life to be perfect. You're waiting, waiting until I get this next job, this next promotion. You know, sometimes people move here and they move here for the beach and they think the beach is going to be the answer. If I just move here, I'm just going to live here at the beach. My whole life will be different. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's not all a bed of roses, but even in the struggles, even in the hard times, we can look and we can say, wait a second. There was God. There was God. There was God. And we can say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So we talked about the meeting. We talked about the master. We talked about the master. And then we realized that the miracle happened once they got moving, that faith rewards obedience. But I, I, I want to land this plane on mercy because I don't know any other better place than mercy. What does God require of you? What does God require of me? What does God require of us as humans? that we should do right. We should love mercy and we should walk humbly with our God. That's what scripture says. Those three things. Do right, love mercy, walk humbly with God. And mercy is like this. Mercy is amazing when it's to me because I need mercy. So please be merciful. You ever got, you ever got, you've been driving, you've been speeding and all of a sudden the lights come on. Lights come on. Cry out to Jesus. Oh God. Like, Jesus help me. The deputy, the officer walks up, says, where are you going? You're in a hurry. You're like, ah, I'm trying to get to church. <laughs> left a little late this morning. I'm trying to get community group. I just, you know what I'm saying? I just turned. He's like, oh God, please. He walked back to your car, license, and proof of interest. I said, Lord, please, please. God, please. I just, and the Lord shows you mercy. Mercy is awesome when we get to receive it. Mercy is hard when we have to extend it. Mercy is awesome when we need it. And when we get it, when we receive it. It is super hard when it's you that needs mercy. And now all of a sudden, I've got to extend mercy. I want to keep mercy here. Yeah, God, give me mercy. God, oh, thank God for your mercy. Your mercy is new every day, every morning. Thank you, Jesus. I love this mercy. Give me new mercy, Jesus. Woo, didn't get that ticket. Woo, didn't get fired. Woo, oh, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Got a promotion. I don't know how I got a promotion. I wasn't working that hard. I didn't deserve it, but somehow, I guess everyone got a promotion. You know, I, I don't know. But man, thank you for the mercy, God. You know, my wife's stuck with me this long. My husband with me this long. I thank you for the mercy. I know I don't deserve it. Mercy is great when it's to me, when I need the mercy. But when all of a sudden someone around me needs mercy, it's, it's like, wait, wait a second, temperature check. Do you really need that mercy? Let me, let me, let me do you. It's hard to extend. And Jesus gave it freely. I want to be like that. I want to extend. I want to be an extension of his mercy. I want to be an extension of his mercy. Because mercy is when I don't get what I deserve. 
And how many times have I said, God, please be merciful to me. In fact, there was once this guy and that was his prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. If you are here and you are breathing, God has been merciful to you. If it, if it wasn't for the mercy of God, we'd be consumed already. So, so, so how? Watch me, Christians. Watch, watch, watch. We're going to, and let me talk to the church folk real quick. Let me talk to Jesus followers real quick. Watch, watch, watch. What the world needs is mercy. The world doesn't need judgment. The world needs mercy. That's what the world needs. They need mercy. They, they, they know they're already guilty. I don't need one more person to tell me I'm guilty. I need mercy. Somebody, I need mercy. And that's what they begged for when they saw Jesus. Master, have mercy on us. And he did have mercy on them. And let me tell you something. You know what will turn an unbeliever to a believer is when they taste and see that the Lord is good. And they realize how amazing God's mercy really is. I want to land it right there. If you're here and you've never realized that God extends his mercy towards you. Here's a verse that screams mercy. While we were sinners, bad, Christ died for us, good. While we were sinners, while we were enjoying our sin that was literally causing us to die because he was the high priest here. He's still the high priest. Their disease was they had leprosy. Our disease is sin. And there's only one high priest that can do something about that disease. But what we want to do is we want to hide it. Jesus said, no, go show your leprosy. What, what if you were just willing to cry out for mercy and say, God, this is who I really am. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you my sin. This, this is who I really am, God. And God says, yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't, I, I don't just hear you. I actually see you. I know. And I have something called mercy that I want to extend to you. And if you're here and you're like, I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to do it. I, I want to keep partying. I, whatever. I'm not one, one day I'll get there. If not now, when, when, if not now, when, Jesus says, come to me, all of you that are tired, you're weary, you're worn out. One translation says from religion, you trying to do what you think you got to do to get to God, not realizing that God did everything he had to do to get to you because there was nothing you could do to get to him. So he came down so you and I could go up. Are you with me? Today, if you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Today's the day of salvation. This is a divine appointment. Maybe this went on your schedule two weeks ago. This is God giving you mercy because just like leprosy would have killed them, sin will kill you. It will from the inside out. And Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. You're like, I can't come to God. I'm so dirty. God's like, I'm not scared of your sin. I died on a cross for your sin. 
I already paid for your sin. All I'm holding is mercy. You think I was holding a bat. You think I was holding rocks. I'm the God that says, drop the rocks and somebody open up a can of mercy. That's who our God is. It's who he's always been. It's who he'll always be. If it weren't for your mercy, oh God, heads bowed and eyes closed, would you? How many people were here? You're a Christian. You know God. You just don't extend mercy. You're not a good mercy extender. You love to order it. You love to receive it. You love to taste it. You just don't, you, you just struggle having to give it. If that's you say, man, God's speaking to my heart right here, right now. Pray for me. Pastor Tim, would you do that? Would you put your hand up? Put your hand up all I struggle in this area. I need to be merciful. It's not giving someone what they actually deserve. I need to give mercy. Thank you. You Put your hands down. God, help us. Help me with my friends to be great mercy extenders. Now, how many of you are here right now? And the truth is, if you were to die today, you would be dead in your sins. You, You go to bed fearing death. You wake up fearing death. You're scared to death of death. Can I tell you, Jesus already overcame death, hell, and the grave. And he died on that cross and he shed his blood because that was the only way you and I could be forgiven of our sins. And then Jesus screams out on the cross, Father, forgive them. There's mercy. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's mercy. 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 How many of you say, Pastor Tim, I'm not sure if I died today, if I go to heaven. I want to ask that question right now. I'll say it one more time. Pastor Tim, I'm not sure if I died today, if I go to heaven. I'm not sure I'm right with God. I'm not just talking about being right with God as a Christian. I'm talking about I'm not one. I've I've, I've been doing everything, hoping it was enough, but, but I'm not sure what would happen. If that's you, would you hold your hand up real quick? Hold it up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Raise it up high. I just want to see you. I want to pray for you. Hold it up high. See that hand? God bless your honesty. Who else? I believe there's more than that. I believe there's a few other people. God's speaking to your heart right now. Don't chicken out. Don't chicken out. Just hold it up high. I see you right there. God bless you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I see you right there. God bless you. I feel like there's another one. God bless you. Who else? No one's looking around. You say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If I die today, if I go to heaven, God bless you. You put your hands down. Listen. Here's what mercy looks like. Well, we were sinners. Christ died for us. God ran toward us because God loves us. And it's nothing that you can do. It's everything that he already did. All of your sins, when Christ died, all of your sins had not happened yet. And when he said, it is finished. He was saying that your sins were paid for in full. So this is a gift that you receive by faith. It's, 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 it's God showing his mercy to you and I, and it's, it's God's grace because he not only doesn't give us what we do deserve, which would be hell. God gives us what we could never deserve, which is heaven. That's grace. And scripture says, if you'll confess with your mouth, that's kind of like saying, Have mercy on this sinner. 
Have mercy on me, Jesus. I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. You know what? I believe if you'd pray that prayer, as simple as that prayer is, I believe with all my heart, God will meet you today right where you're at. God will remove the stain, the stench of death from you, of sin. God will come and live inside of you. He will make all things new. Not everything will be perfect, but you will be made perfect. You will be made right with God. You will be made a brand new person. If you call on his name, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's what they did. They confessed. They said, Jesus, master, Lord. They were saying, you're God. We're not. We're messed up. You're not. Could you do for us what we could never do for us? That's a picture of salvation. So I want to lead you in a sinner's prayer. Now, now this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you and Jesus. He loves you. He sees you. He died for you. He bled for you. He rose again for you. This is between you and Jesus. And if you will ask Jesus to do for you today what you could never do, he'll do it just like he did for them. So I want to lead us in a prayer. Let's pray. We're going to talk to God. We're going to go live right now. We're going to go live. I want you to pray this prayer out loud. In fact, we're, all, we're going to all pray this prayer out loud together because we're going to put courage in people that, that, that were courageous enough to raise their hand and say, I'm not sure. I'm struggling. It's an area I've, I've battled with for too long. Listen, here's the cool thing. Today can be the last day you ever doubted. Today can be a new day. Would you say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I want to say thank you for loving me, bleeding for me, dying for me. I believe you rose again. I receive your mercy and I give you my life and I receive your life. I receive your mercy. Now teach me how to live in Jesus name. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to say, God, thank you. I prayed today, God, that something amazing would happen today. And it has. And I thank you for moving in hearts. Thank you for your word, which is so powerful. Thank you for your spirit that is so present. Prayed in Jesus' name. Would you look up here? If you prayed that prayer and you called on Jesus to say, you know what? And by the way, can I tell you something? I used to struggle too. I used to doubt too. I used to think, oh, I'm not a Christian because look what I did and I, I wasn't sure. And I, you know, I'm like, man, I'm a pastor's son. I probably should, I'd be a little bit better. You know, there are all those kind of moments. And uh, there was a day where I said, I'm not gonna struggle anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at today and say, this was the day I know that maybe I prayed it before. Maybe I prayed a whole bunch of times before, but I prayed it, I meant it, and, and God knows it. That's my day right there. I'm gonna look at that day. It's my spiritual birthday. If you did that today, and you meant it, because you were doubting or you knew you weren't a Christian, I want you to raise your hand so thankful because gratitude just hits different. On the count of three, I want you to raise it. Jesus said it like this. Whoever's not embarrassed of me in front of people, 
One day when they get to heaven, I'm, Jesus said, I won't be embarrassed of them in front of my father, God. So, so this is a moment to, uh, to show gratitude and say, yeah, yeah, I pray that. Yeah, Jesus just made me new, man. Are you kidding me? Look, it's gone. It's G-O-N-E, gone. My sins are gone. Yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah, I was the leper. Now I'm not anymore. I was the sinner. Now I'm a saint. That's what I'm talking about. On the count of three, don't be shy. I want you to hold it up high on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. Hold that hand up high. Don't be shy. Hold it up high. 